at the end of Scorpio. We're actually going through the last um, bits of uh, Scorpio. So uh, we are in the last few hours of Scorpio, as I said, and we're about to move into Sagittarius until December 22nd, December 21, depends where you are. are in the world or where you will be in the world on the solstice. So we are now entering a very interesting zodiacal, a zodiacal, zodiacal a real estate. That is, a, you can say, the days in the Northern Hemisphere when the night is becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. If we talk about the analogy of night being feminine, yin, and day being masculine, yang, we are now experiencing... Uh, the last month of the goddess pregnancy. She is now pregnant with the child of light. The child of light will be Apollo or his uh, twin and his twin, Artemis, uh, Anubis, uh, Marduk, Mithras, all of those gods that were born during the solstice, the winter solstice. So we are now entering the last month of the goddess. The goddess is really, really heavy. She's huge. Her, her womb Her stomach is big. She can hardly walk. She has a lot of back pain. So if you're feeling, especially as a woman, some lower back uh, pain, you are channeling the goddess. And if you as a guy or a man or your masculine side, your animus is feeling a little bit tight, it's because you are the baby of the child of light in the womb of the goddess. Uh, can't even have enough room to kick, let alone push, you know. Uh, so we are feeling a little bit constricted. And some of you might even experience seasonal affective disorder, the sad, the infamous uh, winter blues. That's totally normal. And it's interesting that we call it the winter blues, a uh, blue And the color of Sagittarius is uh, blue. It leads us all the way up until December 21st on the equin solstice, where the color will change into dark indigo uh, for Capricorn. So we are now at the last few hours of Scorpio, about to get into Sagittarius, which is kind of interesting because Sagittarius, as you'll see, and tomorrow, as you know, I'm doing a whole class in the morning about Sagittarius. Uh, how to de deal with the energy of Sagittarius, which is not that difficult because it's the most popular sign. The same way that we all love to wear jeans and we like to look at people wearing jeans and jeans being blue automatically makes them get along with every other color. You know, that's something that cowboys realize in an early uh, period and we followed. So the same way that blue works with uh, every color, Sagittarius works with every sign. Uh, works too well with every sign. Uh, some people that have a relationship with Sagittarius, and I also had one, um, in one sense might feel that charming energy, but might eventually realize that like genes, Sagittarius gets along with everybody, maybe too well with everybody, and no wonder they run away from you and have uh, relationships on the side with other people, even though they are the sign of truth. They will actually tell you, hey, Uh, I went to see this lady yesterday. She was actually very nice and she liked my jeans and she liked what is under my jeans, etc. So the whole idea of Sagittarius is, yes, they get along with everybody. But unfortunately for people who might be in a relationship with Sagittarius, sometimes their need to explore extends more than just foreign cultures and foreign countries. It could be also uh, different people. But that's for tomorrow. And what we're having today is the cusp that uh, that. borderline between two signs, which I always love. I love the cusps, uh, maybe because I was born close to the cusp, but I think in general, I like that liminal 
period. Where we're not a Sagittarius and we're not a Scorpio. We're not turquoise and we're not yet blue. It's kind of an, uh, it's in between. I like these um, uh, moments. It's kind of like, you know, how they have interracial marriages. You can call these days inter-sign um, connection. And that's why the borders are really beautiful. And the thing about the borders between the Zodiac, there is no sign border in front of you or beware of the border like we had in Israel. For example, when I was working as a cowboy, talking about cowboys and jeans uh, in the Golden Heights um, in Israel, in the northern part of Israel, the government gave the kibbutz where I used to work a lot of land there for free to graze, to gaze the, uh, uh, the cows. Uh, but the only caveat was that there were mined, uh, minefields there. So we had to put like fences around the minefields, uh, hope that no cow, no horse, no human, no dog blows up uh, as they step over there. And um, uh, we had to put those signs, beware of the border. Uh, between the zodiac signs, there is no border, beware of the border, except for the border between Libra and Scorpio, because Scorpio does warn you that you're entering the lands of Scorpio. But when you go from Scorpio to Sagittarius, there is no border. There is no visa that is needed for Sagittarius. Uh, Sagittarius is the sign of traveling in foreign cultures. Uh, no wonder. I mean, it's so cold in the Western, in the Northern Hemisphere during Sagittarius time that uh, they were assigned the sign of travel uh, to foreign cultures, the same way that, for example, in England, um, you know, when it's always very cloudy, they went all over the world to look for sunnier tropical places. So the same thing with Sagittarius. That's one of the reasons why it's the sign of Sagittarius. And today, uh, I've realized, I, the, the thing I like about these Sundays, sorry, I'm going to make a little, uh, uh, about this podcast, about these um, meetings that we're having, is that in many ways, what happens in this is because I know that I'm going to have to uh, speak to you guys um, during every, every Sunday, it's the Sunday. It's the day that you're supposed to shine and bring sunny things to people. And I'm sorry if I depress you sometimes, but you know, like the Bambi last week. But overall, I tried to bring some sense of optimism. Is that it makes me think? What am I going to talk about next week? And it makes me gather my thoughts and things that I discover. So let me share with you one of the things that I discover. And I'm sure. And when I'm saying discover, I'm not saying that I discovered for the for the world. I'm talking about discovering more for myself. And that um, uh, I'm not saying that nobody uh, before that uh, thought about that. Okay. I'm not taking any kind of credit. Uh, it just means basically that I didn't read it anywhere, but it doesn't mean that it wasn't written someplace. So what I wanted to do now is actually share with you some thoughts about um, Scorpio. So for that, let's go over here uh, to the news. And I know the picture is kind of uh, scary. If you can't see the picture, what you see is uh, Scorpio, tiny but deadly, with his um, uh, sting up, his tail up. So on the 12th of uh, November, 13th of November, 13th, 13th is very much the uh, number of Scorpio. If you know from the tarot card, death is uh, 13, the card 13. But anyway, um, something happened in Aswan. Aswan, as you know, is on the Nile. It's in Egypt, uh, the land of the Nile, the gift of the Nile. But apparently there's another gift there happening in the Nile. So what happened on the 12th it was a Friday, 13th of November. It was a Saturday. It was last week. That's why I couldn't share it with you. 
there was a lot of floods, a lot of rain came over uh, on Egypt. And apparently what happened in a few days, 503 people were stung in Egypt from a, a deadly Scorpio. Like the Scorpios came out because of the flood from all their holes and their uh, places and basically came up to all the uh, houses, the homes, the gardens, uh, the cities. And three people originally were said that were killed uh, by those uh, by the stings. Now, it's kind of interesting because it's all happening during Scorpio. And later on, uh, the uh, Ministry of Health in Egypt actually said, no, the three fatalities were actually soldiers who were electrocuted when their camp was flooded. So, okay, we're back to flood causing the pain, the death, and they were lecky- electrocuted. It's almost like a modern sting of um, electrons, right? And the 503 people were treated. They Okay, no worries. They didn't die. So you can still come to Egypt and uh, enjoy the pyramids without fearing the Scorpios. Uh-huh. You shouldn't uh, because you should be afraid. You should be very afraid because uh, the whole idea is that I think there is a connection here. It's not like just, oh, what a nice coincidence. You know, it's a Scorpio and people are being stung by Scorpio far away. So that's okay. No, no, no. I think that we might have tapped into something interesting because in the Middle East, I, I grew up in Israel, just north of Egypt. So I could say that I've lived through this. Um, around the time of October is when we're having the Yoweh. Yoweh in Hebrew means um, the first rain, you can say, but it also has the same root as shooting very similar to the idea of sting. And what does it mean? Yeah, there could be rains before, like little drizzles and little rain, like uh, fall is coming after all. But Scorpio is the fixed fall sign, right? It's the sign of fixed water during the fall. It's considered to be the period of the season, the pure energy of the season. All, this, uh, all the fixed signs, Leo, pure fire, uh, pure summer, Scorpio, pure water, fall, uh, Aquarius, full, uh, pure air, winter, and of course, Taurus, pure earth, uh, spring. All of those fixed signs represents the purity, the pillar of the season. So in the season of fall, it's not only the, 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 the leaves that fall from the trees, it's also the rain that falls. So we're always in Israel and in the Middle East, we're in the Levant, we're waiting for the actual Yoweh. Yoweh, actually, we want the sky to shoot down on us and to kind of fertilize the earth. You know, it's almost like the sky ejaculate into the earth. That's the old ideas behind the uh, god of the sky and the goddess of the earth. And when they have actual sex that she can get pregnant in is during Scorpio times. No wonder Scorpio is the sign of getting naked. Even the gods have to get naked. And the water uh, pouring from the god into the goddess and getting her pregnant, right? Remember, we're now in the period when she's completely pregnant and ready to give birth to the child of light. So then it made me think that maybe in October, during that very heavy first rain, not the small little rains, but the heavy rain, probably in the Middle East and this area where Babylon, Sumeria, Mesopotamia, all these areas share the same climate, you can say, all the Scorpios came out of their holes. And that's when people started seeing much more Scorpios around and being stung, of course, by Scorpio. And a lot of people die from Scorpio, hence the connection between Scorpio, death, fertilization, sexuality, intimacy between the god and the goddess. And 
That's why they call this period Scorpio, not only because it just looked like a Scorpio in the sky, but much more because of the behavior of nature, how nature interacted with um, humanity by sending those Scorpios at us to remind us the importance of life by reminding us the importance of death, right? So that's kind of an interesting thing. And Serket is the goddess of Scorpios in Egypt. And we should really pay attention to her and her image. First of all, you can see on her head, she is having this uh, kind of interesting looking Scorpio, if you can see. So Scorpio killed my mic. It was stinging me all the way from Egypt. And uh, I was talking about the goddess of uh, Scorpios, and uh, that's when my friend Belinda texted me that there is no Mike. Okay, um, and she's even a Leo. She's not even a Scorpio, so good for her. So Circuit is the goddess of Scorpios, and she was also the goddess of fertility, the goddess of animal, medicine, magic, healing from stings. Now, look at how brilliant the ancient Egyptian were. They were giving on top of her head here she's wearing a scorpio an actual scorpio and that means that she is scorpio when you're holding something you're trying to connect to it you're trying to possess it hey can you give me this please you take it okay and this is now what i'm holding but this was given to me when you have something on your head that's the importance of hats for example uh, because that it represents what you are not what you are wearing but who you are meaning that if i take all of her clothes up that beautiful red dress that she's wearing you know with those things so it doesn't fall and reveal all of her stuff you know it's very detailed fashion for the ancient egyptians she's wearing the energy of um these two articles in a sense but if i even if i take all her clothes off the scorpio there will still be the scorpion will be there because she is Scorpio. And what is she holding in her hand? If somebody knows, that's the Ankh. That's the symbol of life. Um, that basically means that, where is, um, from current yeah. So that basically means that she is wearing um, the symbol of life, meaning that she is death, but she can also prevent death because she holds Ankh. Ankh is life. And in the other hand, she's holding the scepter of was. Uh, the scepter of was isn't like the scepter of all that was. Uh, this is just the word was. Was was the name of it. And what it represents is dominion. That's why a lot of gods, that's why Pharaoh used to hold it. And it what it represents is the ability to control or to tame chaos. Basically, order. And I always told you guys that there is no such thing as chaos. Chaos basically is order that we do not understand. And order is order that we do understand. So for some people, magic is chaos. Astrology is chaotic. Uh, the occult is chaotic. It is not. It's just we don't yet understand it. So the scepter was representing uh, the ability to control chaos, even random things, things that seem to be random, like a bite of a, sna of a serpent is not there is a reason why you got beat. Sorry, the 503 people that got beaten by or stung by a Scorpio, it was necessary. Like the goddess Ankh, eh, the goddess Ananke, sorry, of the ancient Greek. Now, the idea of her name, which is really brilliant, that's like a, why I like the power of name and like why I told you that in the ancient world, names were so important. Her name means she who tightened the throat. Because when you get stung by a Scorpio, you'll know if you did, all of your muscles get constricted, especially around here. A lot of people die from suffocation because it basically causes her throat 
You can't breathe anymore. It's as if you're drowning. Think about it. We're talking about the time of floods, the ex- 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 electrocuted soldiers in the flood, right? And we talked about her being associated with uh, the rains and all that. So that's what happens to you also during Scorpio. You might get tight in your throat and you can't breathe. That's the connection between air and water. Scorpio is a water sign. But it also means she who can cause the throat to breathe. That's so brilliant about the ideas behind uh, the ancient Egyptian. And it's in general, the ancient world with names being so important. And her name has a double meaning. Yes, she can sting you. But hey, she's also the one that can help you overcome healing venomous stings and bites. So that's what's happening during Scorpio. It is the sign of death, but it also could kill your disease. Therefore, it's the house, the, the energy of healing. So that's just a little bit of uh, uh, things about what I wanted to share with you in connection to uh, Scorpio, because we're at the cusp of Scorpio moving into Sagittarius, and Sagittarius is about expansion. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the dreaded 6.2 inflation that we're having here in the US. I think that in uh, uh, Europe, it's 4.2. I mean, all over the world, we have it even in China, they have somewhat of an inflation. And they kept talking about, we mentioned it here, that it's the highest since 1990. So if you think about 1990 being 30 years ago, approximately, we're talking about a Saturn return. The only difference is now Saturn is in Aquarius. And when uh, Saturn was in 1990 uh, during the inflation, it was, is, it was in, in Capricorn. But we had Saturn in Capricorn during the pandemic. And I think that if the pandemic wouldn't have happened, we probably might have had a little bit of uh, inflation also. But now people are saying that maybe the, the reason why behind the uh, inflation worldwide is because of the pandemic. It was like a restriction that now the string is uh, bouncing back. But the interesting thing, when I checked 1990s chart, Right when the inflation started, Venus was retrograde as well as Mercury was retrograde. And that's precisely what is going to happen to us in January. We're going to have Venus retrograde and Mercury retrograde. And the interesting thing is, here is a chart of the inflation in 1990s. So what I did is I took this chart and I added the points where you can see where Venus was at that time. So the highest was in January of 1990. The year started with Venus retrograde in Aquarius. So it's really interesting, the year of 1990 that is so similar and compared to uh, what is happening right now and probably next year, at least the beginning of next year, is both years started with Venus retrograde. The only difference is this year, in 2022, we're going to start with Venus retrograde in Capricorn. And that's much better because Capricorn is slow, it's traditional, it's mature, it's conservative, it's more frugal than Aquarius. Aquarius is all about, I have enough, we have enough, don't worry, it's very optimistic, it's more like Sagittarius, it's about sharing, it's altruism, it's nonprofit organizations, what I have is yours, blah, blah. So Venus retrograde in Aquarius probably caused a little bit more of confusion in a sense, and it's also humanity. So that could have been one of the reasons why it was so it was spiking at that time. The minute Venus started retrograding Capricorn, the same way that we're going to have in January, look at what happened in the inflation. In February 1990, it went half compared to January. Then look at how it works. Venus direct in Aquarius, the inflation went up a little bit. Because I really think that Venus, which is the, the ideal behind um, everything that has to do with economy, uh, things that have to do with money, relationships, even how we perceive the future in a sense and how optimistic we are. So Venus is very much about money. 
we always check to see in the chart where you have Venus to understand how you deal with finance. So again, when Venus is retrograding, it's actually not too bad because it causes the Venus to go inward. That's what we're going to have from December 19 until the end of January. Okay, right now. So that's actually really good. And the fact that Venus is in Capricorn, it's even better for us because, again, Capricorn is more conservative than Aquarius. And Aquarius is all about freedom and sometimes freedom also with your pocket and with your wallet. So when Venus, again, was in 1990 retrograding Aquarius, it brought the inflation really up. The minute Venus changed sign, it's still retrograde in Capricorn. It went down. That's why I'm not saying I'm optimistic about that, but 2022 could get some breaks, at least in the beginning of the year for the inflation because of this Venus retrograding in Capricorn. And we're going to see if this is really how it's going to work. And we can learn a lot about astrology. I told you astrology is about looking back in order to understand the future, not to predict the future, but to understand the future. Then in um, March, Venus went direct again in Aquarius, freedom-loving Aquarius, and now it's direct. There is no brakes there, right? When you drive forward, it's much faster when you drive reverse. Then the, uh, the, the um, inflation went up. And then in April, May uh, of, of 1990, the inflation was the lowest. And then I looked and Venus was in Pisces. Venus in Pisces is exalted, meaning that it's getting the best, purest, most profound energy of Venus. And therefore, that's a really good uh, flow of energy, basically, at that time. And that's when things started getting aligned. Then when Venus was in Cancer and Leo, again, in August and um, uh, August and August, September of 1990, the inflation went up again. Now, the interesting thing is Cancer and Leo are the opposite signs of Capricorn and Aquarius. So you have that connection between it. Venus is furthest away from Capricorn where she needs to be in order to control the inflation to create more restriction. Don't forget that we got the Great Recession, which is the opposite in inflation, during the time where Pluto moved into Capricorn. So that energy of Capricorn does give us a little bit of breaks, might sometimes too much break, but that's how the flow of Venus was in 1990. Maybe we can deduct something about it in 2022. The fact that the year starts with Venus retrograde is not very auspicious. The fact that it ends in Mars retrograde means that both Venus and Mars are pissed off. Something happened between them in the year 2022, which kind of caused a little bit of a... Uh, forcing both of them to go inward. To go inward basically means probably that they had to both go to a therapist. You know, that's what going inward means. And you go to therapy usually when your relationships are a little bit off. That's why, again, I mentioned a few times that 2022 is going to force us to face love one way or another and create some sacrifice in order to achieve that love. Now, Sagittarius is starting tomorrow. It's going to be there until December 21, like I told you, until the solstice, until the longest day in the Northern Hemisphere, the shortest day, so the longest night, sorry, in the uh, winter, in the uh, Northern Hemisphere, in the longest day in the Southern Hemisphere. And what is Sagittarius? Like we said, because of its real estate in the Zodiac Wheel, it represents optimism. Why optimism? Because in one side you have Scorpio, which is death. We talked about it. In the other side, you have Capricorn, which is the devil. And you're kind of stuck between a neighbor that is about the angel of death and a neighbor that is uh, basically the uh, the angel that fall. You know, you're kind of um, um, either you get really depressed and oppressed, and then those two energies or these two neighbors take over your country, or 
you basically decide I'm going to travel most of the time, rent it out in Airbnb, my house, let somebody else deal with uh, Scorpio and, um, and Capricorn, and also develop the technology of optimism. So what we can learn from Sagittarius, and I'm going to talk about it quite a lot tomorrow, is the idea that, first of all, Sagittarius represents prophecy understanding trends and realizing what is going to happen in the future based on what has happened um, in the past. So the idea of Sagittarius is not like prophets that get into a, uh, like some kind of a, a shamanistic ecstasy and come up with what their future is. This is not really what Sagittarius, a little bit of that, but that's much more Pisces, you can say. This Sagittarius is more about uh, the Ivy Towers. It basically, it's about universities. It's about higher education. It's really learning the past learning the cycles and understanding the cycles and therefore realizing what are the trends of the future. But also prophecy, especially the prophets from the Bible, were very much associated with Sagittarius. Why? People think in the Bible, the, Sagittari- the, the prophets were people who knew the future. That's not the case. Yes, they talked a lot about the future. Jeremiah said Jerusalem is going to be destroyed. Yeah, everybody said Jerusalem is going to be destroyed. It's like I would say to you, New York is going to fall. Of course, it's going to fall. Eventually, it's going to fall. You know, Beijing is going to fall. Yeah, Beijing is also going to fall. Everything falls and rises. So this is not a prophet. What a prophet is, is somebody who wants social reform. So the idea of Sagittarius is that their morality is really high, their ability to see ideal, their uh, need to teach people, uh, to educate people. That's what real prophet is. And therefore, Sagittarius is the sign of teaching, learning, religion, but not religion in the fanatical way, religion in the sense of realign, because that's the origin of religion. The word religion is to realign yourself, reconnect to that energy of oneness. Faith itself is ruled by Pisces. And you see that I mentioned Pisces already in connection to Sagittarius, sharing shamanism, for example. That's because Jupiter is the traditional ruler of Pisces and also the traditional ruler and also the ruler of Sagittarius. So Jupiter is the one that gives that expansion, the expansion to also go beyond uh, the experience of the here and now, let's say when you take ayahuasca, for example, or the experience of the ecstasy from meditation or from dance that comes from Pisces. But the idea behind Sagittarius is that, yes, we can see the future through understanding the past. Yes, we are the teachers. Yes, we are the people who can realign you with God or whatever you want to call it. And we are the travelers. So you know the, how they say there is no prophet in his own town. Now you understand that saying from Matthew, I think it appears, but it's really based on biblical teaching that all the heroes and heroines of the Bible needed to get up and move away from the land of your fathers, the land of your mother, and go to the land I will show you. Remember, we talked about it as the Homo sapiens, sapiens hearing that voice of Abraham thousands of years before the Bible, getting up from Ethiopia or East uh, Africa and moving. Even the Homo erectus did it. So the idea of movement, get up, go because that's the only way for you to educate yourself people who travel from all over the world to go to universities in different countries that's how you do it learning a language remember we talked about it open up brain centers that you had used using that language and skills unfold that you might have had when you use those languages so the idea behind Sagittarius and why it's so popular because you know when you're a traveler especially when you travel alone and some of you know that you have to become much more friendly 
when you travel with your couple, you can be with a couple or with your gang of friends and you speak your own language. You don't really interact. Everything else becomes like a stage uh, design, much more than really traveling to a foreign place. But if you really want to travel to another country and really connect to it, you have to do it alone. And when you're doing it alone, you have to be friendly. Even I had to be friendly. You know, even I had to be social when I travel. And lo and behold, I, 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 people like me. Of course, they like, I have no choice. I have to survive. So I have to be likable, even if I'm not always likable. And that's part of that energy. The minute you travel alone, you become Sagittarius. Automatically, you're wearing the clothes of Sagittarius. You're wearing blue. And then you are much more popular. You get along with everybody. Also, when you're not traveling When you're traveling alone, you can reinvent yourself or redefine yourself in a much more truthful way. And that's the beautiful thing about Sagittarius. It also rules truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So we are entering a period of time where you're going to have to work more with religion. What is religion for me? What, is a, what do I need to teach and what do I need to learn? Usually we need to learn what we need to teach and teach what we need to learn. That's why uh, the word Lamed or Limod in Hebrew means to teach. And also to learn. In Hebrew, there is no distinction between the two um, words. Whatever you learn, you need to teach. The best way to teach is to learn. The best way to learn is to actually immediately teach it to other people, which totally makes sense. Also, Sagittarius rules in-laws. Um, mm, I think that that's a message that the best kind of um, marriages are marriages that are connecting different cultures, different religion, different races. I know it sounds terrible to some religious people that would wanted to have the purity of Judaism or the purity of Christianity or uh, some people that have issues with race. So they wanted to have the, per the perfect race. We talked about um, um, Rosa Parks last week. So the idea behind um, Sagittarius is that it also rules in-laws. Because I think that originally it basically meant that people from one tribe had to get along with people from the other tribe. And when you travel, you might meet actually somebody really nice. And then your in-laws are actually foreigners. Because I'm trying to seek a connection between in-law, travel, foreigners, you know, truth, learning. All of this are connected into the blue of Sagittarius. So really explore this um, the next month. And tomorrow, we're going to talk about it quite a lot. Tomorrow is the first day of Sagittarius in most places in the world. Also, what we have this week is November 25 to December 13. We're going to have Mercury move away from Scorpio. So enough Scorpio, enough secrets, enough privacy, uh, and enough talk about sex and enough um, uh, deep conversations that is so heavy. Now we're moving into Sagittarius. More stories, more adventure, more Indiana Jones kind of tales, you know, that connects uh, education with adventure. So if you think about what Sagittarius is trying to show us and to teach us is the connection between philosophy, education, and mass media. What is mass media? Media that travels very easily. These are basically another way to say stories. For example, the, the um, apostles, the apostles that... Uh, came out of the story of the life of Christ. I'm talking about the four synoptic uh, gospels or the four or the gospels that actually had a story to them, like Matthew, like Luke, like um, John. So uh, Mark, sorry. And the whole idea behind these um, gospels, these stories is that they spread like fire, especially in where modern day Turkey is, and then to all over the empire, especially after 313, when Constantine basically uh, decided that Christianity is legal. 
you know, you legalize, you know, today we're talking about legalized marijuana. Back then they talked about legalized Christianity. Okay. It's the same movement, probably the same kind of people. And probably they were just as stoned. So the idea was that if you have a good story, if you have a good story and the story involves some prophecy and some connection between the past and the future and some traveling, right? Uh, some connection to optimism, you know, the, the poor will inherit uh, the earth. Oh, that's, that's kind of optimistic. The, the kingdom of God is coming. Oh, that's really optimistic. You know, some adventures and so forth, you know, an exorcism here and there. These kind of stories become mass media. They basically are started to spread all over. So even before they were written, by the way, and that's why it took a long time for these stories to be written. I mean, Mark, it was written. Mark is the oldest gospel we have, and it was written almost a generation after Christ died. I mean, think about it. I mean, even today, it's almost like I'm going to write something about things that happened in the, um, I don't know, early 80s, late 70s. And it's without internet and without any kind of way to, to confirm anything that happened or even have people that survived that were there. But it doesn't matter. Philosophy, mass media, information that comes from foreign places, obviously, uh, the spread of Christianity, for example, was not done really among Jews. It was done with foreigners, with what they call pagan. That's what the ingenious of uh, Paul, the apostle, he spread it all over, not to the Jews, and he compromised the whole foreskin uh, elimination and the whole not eating pigs because he knew that that would be impossible to sell uh, in commercials from mass media. So again, the idea is spread the message, spread the word. So right now, as we get into Mercury in Sagittarius, we're moving into a time where it's going to be easier to tell stories. And it's really fascinating how even in Hollywood, most of the more big, splashy kind of um, uh, movies, whether you talk about now coming up in December 10, I think is the West Side Story. Tomorrow I'm going to talk about it quite a lot. The West Side Story is a very Sagittarius story. And it's, it's directed by Spielberg, who was a Sagittarius, who directed Indiana Jones, which is the embodiment of Sagittarius. So uh, we'll talk about it quite a lot because this period of time, especially in modern day Hollywood, is the time where the movies that are more Sagittarius, adventure, um, all of that uh, travel is happening right now. Now, people would stop and say, no, no, it's the Christmas movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Christmas is the, solst the uh, solstice. Originally, Christmas was celebrated on the solstice. So, of course, the story of Christ is a Sagittarian story. It's not a Capricornian story, not to mention that he was an Aries, but that's a different story. So again, Mercury in Sagittarius, November 25 to December 13 is a really good time to spread your truth, to spread your message. Uh, if you're looking about time to work with uh, spreading your business information, this is the best time right now. Not because of the holidays. It's more like the opposite. The holidays are there because of the period of Sagittarius. Don't forget, first was astrology, then came all the rest of the religions. Not uh, because I'm a patriotic Sagittarius uh, um, astrologer or thinking that astrology is the best thing. No, it's because of history and how it worked. So time-wise, first we have astrology, the stargazer, people looking at the skies. That's why the names of the planets uh, have been eventually also in Babylonian and also, of course, in ancient Egypt, in ancient Greece, named after gods. They were gods, the um, planets, okay, the moon, the sun, and so forth. So that's what we have for this week. And I think what we're going to do is because um, now we have to move towards uh, what's happening next week, and I want to dedicate some time to it, 
I'm going to leave for next week the story about Cain and Abel. And I wanted to work with you guys a little bit about the energies of uh, Sagittarius in the sense of connecting to religion and working with a good book. But we'll do it next week uh, as we get deeper into Sagittarius, not to piss off Scorpio. I don't need it the rest of, I mean, I still have a, we still have a day of Scorpio. So I don't want to, you know, talk too much about Sagittarius during Scorpio and get stung by something similar to a Scorpio, a snake or whatever Scorpio will send upon me, especially with my moon in Scorpio. There's a landing pod there for all these kind of creepy crawlers. So not to um, piss off Scorpio or Scorpio people in general or uh, the goddess of Scorpio. We'll stop now and talk more about what's happening next week uh, and live a kind and able, especially because I wanted to talk about the murder, which is very much Scorpio. I mean, murder, Scorpio, right? Kind of makes sense. Um, we'll talk about it next week. But what I wanted to do now is a look over what is happening to us uh, next week or this week, sorry, because we're already in Sunday. So what we have uh, today, today is November 21, 2021. That's kind of nice. 2121. It's a Sunday, obviously. And you can see if you look at the chart that it is 29 degrees Scorpio, meaning 29 degrees mean that we are in the 29th day of Scorpio. And uh, that means basically that we have 12 more hours approximately of Scorpio since when I'm talking now, because maybe you're going to see it later. And after that, bang, we're in Sagittarius, a completely different energy. It's kind of like, it's like in James Bond. It used to be the girls. Now the Bond is doing it himself. I think he learned after so many movies with the girls, the girls used to come out of the ocean, right? And usually she's kind of a femme fatale, a deadly uh, girl, some Russian spy, or maybe somebody that he's going to fall in love with. So she's emerging out of the water. That's very much the energy of Sagittarius for me. It's um, the energy of we're coming out of the water. We're coming out of the water. We're still wet, but we're going to dry land. Usually the sun is up. Sagittarius is a fire sign. And we're moving into Sagittarius, which you can see also right now, today and tomorrow especially, is that we have a, as you can see, the south node is one degree uh, Sagittarius. It's been there since May, June of 2020 that the south node, what we need to undo is in Sagittarius. So we were asked for the last year and a half to be less Sagittarius. No wonder people lie like crazy. Uh, all the conspiracy theories are out there because again, what is the south node in Sagittarius? Sagittarius is the good story, the truth. South node is like putting it like in the tarot card upside down. So Sagittarius is suddenly upside down. And what is the upside down of truth? A lie. A mass media is still ruled by Sagittarius. Therefore, mass media is spreading lies like the, uh, what's his name? A Carl Carlson uh, Tucker show that now he came up with a whole TV show of uh, a few episodes of complete lies. And he's not even afraid of being sued anymore because in the court he became, he was actually declared innocent uh, for spreading lies because nobody should take his words for the truth because he's only there for entertaining. But of course, he presents everything as truth. Or in general, what we see in Newsmax, in Fox, we have already other channels out there that are mimicking it all over the world. That's the South Node in Sagittarius. Hopefully now that the South Node is going to move away from Sagittarius, we're going to start gaining more trust in mass media and information that can come from, uh, a, again, the truth, hopefully. 
But the south node, as you can see, is going retrograde. What does it mean? That the south node, unlike the sun, is moving from Scorpio to Sagittarius. Mars is moving from Scorpio to Sagittarius. We just said uh, just this week, Mercury is going to move from Scorpio to Sagittarius. They're going forward. The only one that's going backward is the north and the south node. And that's why we associated the north and the south node with karma, with past lifetimes. You always look in the chart uh, to see where you have your south node, your north node, to understand past lives, to understand your karmic debts and what you're here to learn. But as humanity, we look at the transits to see what are we supposed to learn. So the last year and a half, we're supposed to learn about what is truth, what is lie, how do we communicate, what is the best way to communicate. Now it's going to move into Scorpio Taurus, which is all about finance. And that's, by the way, one of the other reasons why I'm a little bit more optimistic about inflation getting a little bit better maybe in 2022. It's going to take time, like everything, but I think it's not going to be a terrible thing because the North Node, which is the point of good karma, is moving into Taurus, which is finance. It's moving away from Scorpio, which is other people's money and other people's talents. That's why in investments, you really have to be careful in the next year and a half because Scorpio represents a lot of time uh, the banking system or the place where uh, we put other people's money, other people's talents, productions, hedge funds. All of these things are going to be shifting and changing. Uh, But Taurus, pure money energy, is actually supposed to get better. Um, and you see that we're on the border because it's like one degree Sagittarius, uh, the South Node. And when the sun is going to be on top of the South Node today, tomorrow, the day after, this is a period where we are asked to let go of ego, to cut away from ego. For example, this special mic that I got for $400, no, $500. And this stand that was like $60 so it can hold the $500 um, microphone because it's so heavy. And this other uh, Focusrite uh, a special connection between the USB, come on, all of that, ego. And that is being discharged. I think that that's uh, the lesson here. And this mic that just connects directly uh, does a good job. So, It's trying to deflate things when the South Node is on top of the sun. So we are all learning now in the next day, two days, three days, where do we have too much of an ego that needs to be deflated in a sense. And in a a way, we are getting rid a little bit of the sun. It's interesting that today is Sunday and we're asked to be a little bit less sunny. Also, in the Northern Hemisphere, no wonder there's less and less sun. But the South Node on top of the North Node, on top of the South Node, sorry, happens once every 19 years. So this is kind of, um, sorry, it happens every year, obviously. But the fact that the South Node is getting on top of the sun, that happens every 19 years. So we are during these next few days, and you already started feeling it the last few days, there is a lesson of your ego, the lesson of the heart. And the heart, of course, rules, uh, sorry, the sun rules the heart. So that's kind of significant uh, today, tomorrow, and the day after. Besides that, the moon is in Gemini. Uh, moon in Gemini is communication, networking. The only thing that's happening uh, today is that the moon is squaring Neptune. So be careful with deception, illusions. Um, just be a little bit more aware of that. If we look at um, uh, tomorrow, um, November 21, I'm just want to make sure with the right year. Uh, November 22, tomorrow, as I promised, is the first day of uh, Sagittarius. And you can see the sun is zero, zero degrees Sagittarius, and it is right on top of the south node. Again, letting go. Also, letting go of some of your old father issues. So some things might surface that force you to deal with father figures, 
figures of authority issues, boss issues. Um, I think that in general, there's some feeling of getting rid from authority in a way today, tomorrow, the day after tomorrow. In the other sense, it could be that you're not doing anything. You're just sitting there in your office doing your job and suddenly you get this nasty email from your boss. You don't understand where it came from. Well, it came from the South Node being on top of the sun. Your boss is going through something. So just try not to be reactive because egos usually are activated by reaction. So try to stay your cool. And because we're moving into Sagittarius, things are supposed to be optimistic. And of course, on November 22nd, which is tomorrow, the day of the moon, the moon is moving into Cancer and it's going to be there um, for two days, Monday, Tuesday. That's actually pretty good for the moon. And the moon is sending beautiful energy on Monday to Minerva. So if you need any help from wise women, warrior women, if you need help with strategy, plan, uh, how to attack a situation, brainstorming, that's a great time because EQ and IQ are kind of meeting together. And we have the moon, Mercury, Minerva, Neptune, all of them creating a trine, especially I think it's going to happen in Tuesday, that you're going to be having that peak of a water flow, which means that we're going to have much more ability to connect our emotions with our intellect. So again, if you need ideas, if you need to reconnect to your emotions, that's a great time. Uh, also, any kind of businesses that have to do with I feel, I nurture, uh, even investments could work pretty well at that time. Uh, Neptune also talks about connection to dreams and past lives and intuition in that day. So again, you can see the trine forming, that, that pyramid, this beautiful pyramid, blue pyramid, the perfect triangle between Mars, the moon, and Minerva happening on Tuesday, and it's going to also happen a little bit in Wednesday. So what we're seeing actually, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is a beautiful trine. It's very rare these days to have trines, so use it as much as you can, that really support any kind of growth with business, with your personal life. That has to do with the keyword, I feel, because the moon is managing everything. And the moon is now in Cancer, or not now, sorry, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And that basically talks about feelings, emotion, family members can help, or people you consider uh, your family. And also, it's a union between movement and action and doing and feeling. And especially, you're going to have a lot of intuition. Don't just say, oh, what an inter interesting coincidence. Um, uh, this happened to me. No, look at what can you do with that? How can you, what are you going to do about certain aspects in your life? So it's not only about receiving the information, it's about acting upon that uh, information. So that's again, super important. November 24, uh, we have the moon still in um, uh, cancer, like I told you, and it's sending beautiful energy to the last day of Mercury being in Scorpio. So again, Wednesday is continuing this trend of really strong connection between emotions and intellect. Um, that's going to continue very, very strongly. What was happening on that day, Wednesday, and especially on Thursday, is a big shift of energy from water to fire. So November 25, like we said, Mercury is moving from Scorpio water to Sagittarius fire. The moon is moving from Cancer water to, to Leo fire. And the moon and the sun are sending beautiful energy to each other. So Thursday is a great day where the mother and father are getting along, where you can get emotionally satisfaction, when you can get things done, when there's things moving that can really support your energy, especially because you can see a beautiful triangle of fire forming between Mercury, the moon, and Chiron. Or Hiron, the wounded healer. So triangle of water shifting into a triangle of fire. It's great. You know, it's only it only means that you need to learn how to 
change gears. Because if Thursday you're still trying to feel things, you're in the wrong place here. Come on. You need to change gears from water to fire. So there is a change of gear again, November 25 to um, November 24 to 25, when we're shifting from triangles and protection of water into the protection of fire. How do you protect yourself by, with water? You surround yourself with water, therefore feelings. How do you protect yourself with fire? You surround yourself with action, with movement, uh, with uh, passion, with enthusiasm. Enthusiasm basically means to be in- infused with godlike, right? And inside, enthusiasm, theos, God. So that's very much how you work with fire. And the sun, moon, and Chiron sending perfect energy to each other is a great, great gift. So that's going to go very, very well um, on Thursday. Then on uh, the 26th, we have um, the sun. The moon still is still in um, uh, Leo, which is great. The sun is in Sagittarius. And still Mercury and the sun are stepping on each other. That's really good for information. But be careful of what you say, because information can go a little bit both ways. So be a little bit more careful with that. Uh, but overall, the moon in Leo is continuing. And the moon in Leo has to do a lot with love, happiness, creativity, children, childlike energy, playfulness, hobbies. All of these things are really opening up. And again, to engage with the moon and to connect to her, the more you're childlike and playful, the better it is. And you don't have to, it's not risking anything because Saturn is in Aquarius and he's fine. And Saturn is sending great energy to Mercury, great energy to the sun at that day. So you have on Friday, a really beautiful day with hardly any squares. Maybe the only square is the moon and Mars squaring each other, which means that there is a little bit of conflict between um, mother, mother figures, women and younger men, maybe. So mothers might have a little bit harder time with their younger sons. Um, Or if a woman is there with somebody younger than her, that could also be a problem. Or a man that has a woman boss that may be projecting her his, uh, mother issues. But overall, it's a little bit easier when Saturn is sending great energy to the sun and Mercury. And we're having also Chiron adding a lot of uh, knowledge that time. So the end of the week actually flows pretty good. And then on Friday, uh, Saturday, sorry, we're having a very puritan weekend. We have the moon in Virgo. Pay attention to your diet, your health. There's going to be some work leaking into this weekend for you. Even if you're thinking that you're going to not work on the sha- Sabbath or uh, you know declare the weekend off work. No, there's going to be some leaks there. Pay attention to your health a little bit more diet. But the moon is sending beautiful energy Saturday and Sunday to Venus. And that's always great. So if you can make your work more artistic, or if you can uh, put in some artistic work into your routine at that time, but also it's a great time for cooking. It's a great time for spending time with family. I think that some of you are going to even have the Thanksgiving weekend at that time. And because moon is, moon is in Virgo, I think it's the Black Friday or something like that. Uh, be a little bit more careful with expenses because moon in Virgo is actually an editor. So Maybe you should vow, uh, if you need to buy gifts, of course, buy gifts, but maybe you should decide that you're not buying anything unless you're throwing something else. And when you buy it, you already declare outside to the moon in Virgo, the great nun, Mary Poppins, uh, the mother superior, I'm buying this scarf and I promise to donate the other scarf that my mother-in-law got me a year ago that I felt is full of spells. Uh, so as long as you're doing this kind of exchange, everything should work well. Now, let's see if there are any questions that um, I could possibly answer. 
Um, yeah, I know. I mean, usually the charts do move. I wonder if the chart is uh, usually moves or not moves. Because I think that, um, uh, does it move? Yeah, ah, to, so normally it does move. Well, sorry about that. Uh, I think that I have to, let's do an experiment now just to see if this is a true case. Now you're going to tell me if it is actually moving, right? I'm moving it now, moving it now, moving it now. Did it move? Yes, it moved. Okay, I got the, I, I understand it now. So I have to program it first to be in the uh, moving um, and then it will move. Okay. We learned something new. I see. That's precisely what I told you. I'm supposed to be the teacher. Yani, Yani, as they say in Arabic or sometimes in Turkish as well. Like Yani, I don't think it has. A, yeah, it's almost like. Like I'm supposed to be the teacher. Yani. Yani is like I'm supposed to be the teacher. But really, I just learn from you because you were teaching. You were teaching because you were learning. You're learning, therefore you're teaching, and I was learning because I'm teaching. If that makes sense, that's very much the Sagittarian uh, energy. So we got over the stuck issue. That's good. Because uh, most of the question, when I mentioned that we should work on what we want to manifest in our life during the eclipse, did you mean to do this during the hours of the eclipse? It's happening. You know, no, I don't, I don't think it's, um, again, I don't believe you need to go to a church to meet Christ. I don't think you need to go to the synagogue to meet Yahweh. You know, I think that you just know that you have an affiliation to Jesus, Yahweh, and every once in a while you can go to the church to reconnect to it, but it's a symbolic place to connect to, right? Same thing with the eclipses. It's good for you to know that around the eclipses and things are moving really fast. You want to go to the church of the eclipse? Yeah, go outside, look at the eclipse when it's happening. That's like going to mass in uh, church or to Yom Kippur, to the synagogue, to hear the shofar. You have to go there? No, you don't. You want to go there to reconnect to your community and do it all together? Yes. Will it be more pay powerful if you think so? Is it really more powerful? I'm not sure. Same thing with the eclipse. So yes, that timing is important. Astrology is the church of time. So it is important to pay attention to it. But if you missed it by five hours or a day, it doesn't mean that, okay, uh, come to us in 19 years. We'll try to consider you again. You know what I mean? So you don't have to be religious about it. Um, let's see if we look, um, other question, relationship between location of Venus in chart and how it, one is for money. You know, your Venus can be in different signs. Some of the signs are considered to be great, like Pisces or like Taurus or like Libra. Some of the signs are not great. Like I have it in Aries or some other people have it in Capricorn or they might have it in, uh, Pisces, you know. But it doesn't mean that it's bad uh, for, uh, sorry, we're talking about uh, Venus. Uh, it doesn't mean bad if you have, let's say, Venus in Virgo. Venus in Virgo is not con connected to be very well uh, for money in a sense. But that doesn't mean that your connection to finance is not good because maybe you're an accountant or maybe Venus is in Virgo helping you uh, work with art, design, and color. So I don't feel like your Venus position can tell you how you are with money. Maybe you should look more in the house of money and what is the ruler of your house of money. Uh, but it's a whole array of things. The same way that you think 
oh, she has such a beautiful voice. She might have a good gene for voice. No, no, no. What are you talking about? There's no gene for voice. There's gene number 5573 that is interacting with gene number 54432 and a little bit of that gene next to it. And there is a little mutation that we didn't even notice that makes her voice really good. Okay. So it's not one thing that makes you good or not, but that's why that, and that's again, my fault that I showed you the chart of the inflation, right? Which on, only with Venus, but of course the same thing with genetics, it doesn't mean that one planet causes greatness or the fall, right? It's an array of things. It's a lot of things um, that interact together. So that's why I think you have to be a little bit more uh, aware that it's not always precisely like that. You know, there's a lot of uh, things happening together, but what I recommend is to look at your Venus. Yes, but not only at her sign and her house, but to look also at the aspects that she's having with other planets, to look at what you have in the second house, uh, which is the house of uh, money, talent, self-worth, then to look at what you have, um, the ruler of that house and what he wants and what how he interacts with others. So those things are really, really important. And also you might have good energy with money because your parents in, gave you a lot of money. That's why your house of money is full of gifts, but you have nothing in the house of work and the house of career. So you might have some money, but you have no work and no career. So no way to generate new sources of income. In other words, it is a little bit complicated, but don't look at only one planet if it's possible. It's very tempting. Um, Venus in Cancer. Okay. What could you, what could the North Node in Scorpio signify? The South Node is going to be in Scorpio right now. Um, that will be, um, we'll talk about it next week when I could, we're actually going to talk about it in December when the things actually happen. Now, as for my new website, yes, there is a new website out there. So, um, check it out and tell me what you think. Um, under learn, you will see a lot of the free stuff that was there. And not only there, under learn in uh, my new site, you'll see the 22 paths. You see the free chart that you can get. You also, I added there's something called the story. And I think I'm going to add it as a, a extra a podcast in the future. So uh, under story, you'll see the story of the 12 signs. So you can listen to it. It has a little bit of music there. So every once in a while, I'm going to add things to that page, uh, the learn page. So the reason why I don't have the tarot already there, because you guys have free apps to tarot. It was something I did 10 years ago. It's kind of archaic. So again, check out the new website. Tell me what you think. If there's any suggestions, please let me know. And I hope you have an amazing week, an amazing Sag week. Energy is supposed to be lifted after this heavy Scorpio and the eclipses. I'm saying goodbye. Thanks for the feedback about the crackling uh, ego fool um, mic. And um, good luck. <laughs>